Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Sunshine, blue skies uh, throughout the upper Ohio Valley today and tomorrow. Some rain coming in later in the week, but it's going to be more than just sunshine and blue skies. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. We're looking for a high around 90, maybe could bump into the 90s. Could see, I'm just, I don't know that Adam said this, but I'm saying we could be looking at temperatures pushing 100 maybe on the uh, feels like temperature. It's going to be hot today. Come on, Mr. Summertime. I don't want to give it up. Get out there and sweat a little bit today. Hey, I told you, I don't sweat. I don't sweat. However, well, no, I won't get outside either. No, I won't. I won't do it. But I, but I see now this is where I'm really picky, right? I want to hold on to summer, but not quite this hot a summer. You know, give me a cooler summer. I'd like to hold on. Let me on tell to. you, Granddad, I don't know what the but pool I'll conditions t- just, are, but uh, you're running out of time. It's, it's September. I know. I'll tell you, I assume yesterday was probably the last day for swimming at the Ogilvy and Wheeling Park pools. I'm, I assume next week will be drool at the pool. I haven't seen that, but I guess that's the case. I will say this. More people at Wheeling Park's pool yesterday than there have been all season long. First time the entire year, the Wheeling Park actually was packed. It reminded me of the old days, Bob, you know, with everybody on the benches, people on the grass. First time all season long that it, it was it was like the old days. It was jam-packed. Um, didn't, didn't check out Ogilvy's, but uh, Wheeling Park was very, very busy and very, uh, very packed. I guess people trying to squeeze. First place, it was hot. Second, people trying to squeeze in, I guess, that last swim in the summer. People like me who all summer long said, I'm going to go down to the pool. I'm going to go down to the pool. I'm going to go down to the pool. Never did. Every week, I'm going to go up there one time and go swimming. One one day a week. Yeah, uh, yeah I didn't make it. A, yeah. None didn't of the, even make it uh, one time. Yeah. None of, the, none of the things I really planned to do this summer. My wife and I had talked. I said, you know what? We're going to do picnicking more often. We'll just go and grab some Kentucky Fried or just take some sandwiches. Four sheets hot dogs for $2. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, go down to just go down to Wheeling Park, sit on a bench and Never did that. Never well, did it. Well, maybe I'll borrow my neighbor's dog and I'll go up for a doggy day, Howard. There you go. There you go. One, that could be your last. You could drool in the pool. Swim with the pooches. <laughs> I assume that's coming up this weekend. I don't know that for sure. Uh, temperature moving up. 73, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 71 at the Highland. 72 uh, in Elm Grove and 68 degrees still here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny, hot, high around 90 tomorrow, the same thing. Some rain will come in on Wednesday night and will stick with us until Thursday. Showers, thunderstorms on Thursday, uh, and uh, pretty much the same thing on Friday as well. The weekend will be much cooler by Saturday down to the mid-70s, but it will be sunny as well. Uh, coming up in a minute or two, we're going to talk with Nick Evans from the Ohio Capital Journal about some plans to proposals to put chaplains in public schools in Ohio and we'll share some I'll share my thoughts and we'll see what's happening with that in a minute but first Brad Macklin and I were talking about Steve Williams the Democratic uh, mayor of Huntington announced this weekend that he pretty much is sure he's going to run for the uh, Democratic nomination for uh, governor in West Virginia, the only Democrat to announce and probably the only one who will announce. Uh, there's a big field for the governor's race. And Brad and I talked about the West Virginia poll that came out on Friday about that. But, Bob, let's look at what's happening with the with the uh, U.S. Senate race uh, here in West Virginia. Um, of course, it, it boils down to basically, in the Republican side of things, the GOP side of things, it boils down to Justice, uh, Governor Jim, Jim Justice, who is running for the Republican nomination, and uh, Alex Mooney, 
uh, congressman who is running for the Republican nomination. But boy, listen to these numbers. I mean, I said it when Brad said, well, I think that the Mooney vote against McKinley maybe showed a change in West Virginia. I think that's in the rearview mirror. I think Mooney thought he came out of that beating of McKinley as like king of the state. Justice in the current Washington poll, uh, vote for who would you vote for in the Republican primary? Jim Justice, 58 percent. Alex Mooney, 26 percent. I mean, you and I knew that. The only way Mooney had a chance against justice if uh, Donald Trump would have cut cut ties with, with justice and said, J.J., I don't back a loser. Look at yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Look at all the problems you have. Alex is my boy. If that would have happened, he's got a real good shot. And unfortunately, the reverse happened. Trump told Mooney. J.J.'s hey, my guy. Yeah, not the, Get away the, from me, Mooney. Don't look for any endorsements because they ain't going to be coming. So right now, it is a significant lead in this West Virginia poll that came out on Friday. Uh, for Jim Justice, 58% over Mooney at 26%. 16% say they're not sure yet, but sort of do the math. 16 and 26, now he's got 42%. I think the plus and minus is 6%, so now it's 48%. It's still a 10-point lead for Justice if everything breaks Mooney's way. Alex, we hardly knew you, and yeah. we knew you too damn long. I, I, and I'm, you know, you know my opinion on that. I'm just a just as soon see him fade away into history. Now, what happens in the re in the uh, general election then? Well, first of all, we don't know if Joe Manchin's going to run. Nobody knows. Manchin says he doesn't know. I know Manchin. I think he probably doesn't know. He's still trying to figure out what he wants to do. But if Jim Justice were to run against Joe Manchin, who do you think would win? It's got to be J.J. J.J., J.J., according to the um, Washington Poll, 51%, Justice 38% for Manchin. Now, Mooney, it's a little tighter field here. If Mooney were to be the nominee, uh, if Manchin and Mooney are matched up, 45% uh, Manchin, 41 for Mooney. Mooney still loses, but that's a tight one. That would be a, a, a tough one. So... Um, Nothing in this poll should make Alex Mooney happy. You know, you're happy, I'm happy, but you know who's got to be really happy? David McKinley. He's got to be sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go, Mooney. Take yeah, that. Yeah, how about that? So you thought you were going to take over the state after you beat me. How about this? Again, as I said to, to Brad in the last hour, I think I think this Mooney's a big, you know, he as soon as he came out of that election, he felt, and many of us felt, he was going to be the king of the Republicans. I think that's all in the rearview mirror now. I think that's all in the rearview mirror. And frankly, I think this could be the uh, the last time you see Mooney in public office. Let's hope, Howard. 816 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Switching gears to Ohio coming up next here uh, on the Watchdog Morning Show. An interesting story caught my attention. Uh, there is an effort being proposed by the Republicans in the Ohio legislature to put chaplains in public schools. Now, look, I'm a lay preacher. I, I, I think that there's value in teaching, in value in having, you know, religious knowledge in different places. But I don't know about this chaplain in public schools. Nick Evans wrote a story about it in the Ohio Capital Journal, uh, one of my go-to sources for public news in Ohio. And we'll talk about that coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Now at Menard, save big money on your next painting project with 11% off everything. We carry a great selection of painting products, from painting trays to brushes to rollers and more. Menards has everything you need to get the job done quickly and efficiently. Start with a six-piece paint roller kit for $12.36 after 11% rebate at Menards. 
Menards. Good through September 10th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Be sure to check out the Touchdown City Show for award-winning WVU football talk. Tune in every week as Anthony Lewis, Derek Bailey, Michael Sussman, and WVU legend Avon Coburn deliver expert insight about everything gold and blue and give their reaction to the biggest games from around the Big 12. Don't miss a second of the Touchdown City Show. Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for Would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. It's good to have options when choosing health coverage for your family, your employees, and your company. You want to plan with people you know, like the Health Plan, known for exceptional local customer service, and are headquartered right here in West Virginia. We are families, we are businesses, and we are all moving forward together. We are here for you, the Health Plan. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. It is 819 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 60, uh, 73 degrees at the airport, 71 at the Highlands, 72 at my backyard in Elm Grove, and 68 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. High near 90 today. High humidity as well. Sunny, hot, and it's going to be a pit dripper, so just be aware of that. Uh, according to an article I read in the Ohio Capital Journal, and you all know that's one of my go-to sources for news in Ohio, especially in-depth news about the State House. Um, at least one Ohio lawmaker, Republican, is proposing allowing chaplains in public schools. That caught my attention. I invited Nick Evans, uh, who wrote the article, to come join us and tell me a little bit of what's going on, tell all of us about what's going on. Nick, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. So, Excellent. first of all, how serious an effort is this, and what what is happening here? Bring me up to speed on what's happened, and then we'll talk about why. Well, I think it's yet to be determined whether, like, how serious this is. I mean, there is a group of about, I would say, like, 10 to 12 Republicans who have signed on as co-sponsors this, this bill. Um, it hasn't been assigned to a committee, doesn't have a hearing scheduled yet. So, I mean, it, it still is kind of up in the air as to, you know, where this goes. Um, the reason why it feels serious is that a similar law passed in Texas, um, uh, I believe, early this year. In Texas, uh, there were, and I'm sure in Ohio there will be, or maybe there are, a, a lot of civil liberty types groups that opposed it, but it still passed in Texas nonetheless. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, the the ACLU certainly joined uh, joined up against it, and even th- this was the thing that really caught my eye when I was looking at it. There were groups that uh, represent chaplains um, uh, just, just in in the in the world, <laughs> various yeah. chaplains that like do service in in hospitals and prisons, and and they they came out against it as well. Um, in addition to the ACLU, like the, the groups that are sort of um, basically say like freedom from religion, the, the, that foundation, the, the folks who say like you should be able to avoid religion if you want, those those folks came out against it as well. I know a lot of, of um, pastors, priests, chaplains, whatever, who, who believe that if they are allowed to take their religion into public schools, into intrude into the government, is that the beginning of then the government being able to control the religion? So, I mean, I, I know an awful lot of, of people, and I, I'm a lay pastor, just just preach occasionally. Um, that you know, I just it, there are places that we should be and places we shouldn't be, and I think schools are one of them. How would this proposal in Ohio work? Um, the way it would work is that essentially school boards would be able to hire or, or allow volunteers uh, to be chaplains within schools. Um, they would have to pass a background check, um, but it also says that there would be no um, state licensing or certification required uh, for, for the chaplains. Um, importantly, it does say that um, the chaplain services can only be offered as like an addition to school counselors. It can't be brought in in lieu of them. That being said, I think a lot of people are concerned that this would sort of um, bring in people who are not really totally trained to handle things like um, the mental health challenges, stress, and the like. Um, it'll bring them in and try to offer the offer kids services that they aren't really fully equipped to offer them. And again, this is a fear of mine. I don't know if it's been expressed in, in some of the discussions in Ohio or not. You put a chaplain in a public school, uh, essentially in, should we call them sort of a counselor role? That's kind of, I guess, what they're talking mm-hmm. about, guidance role. Uh, you know, it's not a gigantic leap for the chaplain to begin saying, well, you know what, we ought to have, uh, why, why can't we say a prayer every morning? I mean, you begin that process. That's just my fear, is that that slippery slope, once you allow religion in school, where does it end? Oh, and, and I, I think that the, the organizations that have been pushing for this, they, they pretty explicitly say that is the idea. You know, like they they talk about how they started these services in um, Latin American countries and they were able to um, improve uh, educational outcomes. But the, the most important thing that they cite is that, you know, some like 80, 80 odd percent of the, the kids accepted Jesus as their, their Lord and Savior. And it's like... Uh, Okay, but like, if the idea here was to improve um, well-being and edu- educational outcomes, and you're saying the most important thing is um, proselytizing, that's I, I think you're, you're showing your cards there, right? Yeah, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, and and there are two aspects of this I think we have to look at. One is the theological, religious, and then frankly, we got to talk about the political as well. Theologically, religiously, okay, um, finding Jesus as your Lord and Savior is one form of theology, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of others, even within the Christian religion, let alone talking about 
Judaism or Buddhism or Hinduism, yeah. you know, there, there is all of that stuff that comes into play. And quite frankly, we've seen, uh, Nick, in different places and different circumstances, you allow Christian uh, monument to be placed in a state house, and the next thing mm-hmm. you know, you got the Satanist wanting their monument there too, and the courts go, yeah, you got to put one up there as well. So is there any talk about who these chaplains would be? Are we talking only about Christian chaplains? I mean, it, it isn't said explicitly, but I, I I don't think it's that hard to see this working out. Where um, if a if a if a district decided not to not to pick up a a person who was a, a Christian, that like that the supporters of this bill would be up in arms. Whereas I think if a a person from a, another another uh, faith group was similarly not afforded um, a chance to. Uh, Offer chaplain services. They probably would not. Uh, I don't know that they would go to the uh, to, to the barricades in the same way. Um, I think it's more likely than not, given the organizations that have been pushing this in Texas, that there would be a very organized effort to move in um, sort of Christian evangelical um, folks who who are, are sort of like already you geared up for this if it goes into goes into place. And I don't think that there is a similar like group out there sort of saying, like, we need to have um, rabbis in schools. We need to have um, imams in schools. And so I think you, even if you didn't have it work out like by like rejecting people of different faith groups, I just think that there is this – that there is sort of like a um, – a pipeline in waiting mm-hmm. for 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 one <laughs> for one faith group that is ready to pounce if this were to if this were to um, you know take effect, and, and so in practice it would end up being that it probably ends up being just one faith group rather than a broader array. As I said, there are two aspects. There is sort of the theological aspect, and by that I mean, is it just going to be Christians, or will it be Christians and Buddhists and Jews and so on? The other thing is, let's assume it's just Christian religion. Even that, within that, there are a couple of different approaches to things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I happen to be, when I preach, a, I preach what I call the radical gospel of Jesus, which is the... Uh, the, the belief that everyone is your neighbor and you should include everyone, that if someone has uh, is gay or is lesbian or whatever or transgender, that's still part of God's kingdom. That's the way I believe it. Many folks do inside the Christian faith. But my fear yeah. is that the more militant Christianity, which is kind of dominating in some of these school discussions anymore, you know, can't have books mm-hmm. about certain things, so my fear is that those are the things that will end up uh, becoming dominant. I, I think that is a <laughs> that is an entirely reasonable thing to be concerned about, and you know the the sorts of things that they they the, the group National School Chaplains Association, you know, in, in going through their website, one of the things they mention is you know that mental health and you know, gender identity, and I, I think that I, I mean maybe maybe they are just simply good good-hearted people working to um, make sure that everybody has the has like a, a an ear. Or a shoulder to lean on, but it, it's hard not to read that and hear a dog whistle. You yeah, know, given absolutely. the way that, absolutely, absolutely, the, the way that parents' rights is, is played out in, in school districts around the country. And if we can, if we can perhaps concur that there is a need for more counseling in schools, 
and maybe even say that many, not all, but many uh, religious leaders, pastors, priests, rabbis, what have you, do have training in that. Maybe they would be helpful in the school system. The reality is that the vast majority of people who are preaching and teaching in churches and might be your chaplains in these cases, because there's no certification being built into this bill, would not necessarily have that kind of counseling training. So even if the idea as a counselor assist is a good one, without any requirements that they actually you know, have some background in, in counseling and in training and in mental health issues, uh, it still it, it doesn't really solve the problem. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that the, um, the head of the Ohio Education Association, the um, teachers union in, in the state brought up, you know, we need more um, school counselors in, and I, I think basically every district uh, in the state would probably say we could use more, even if we're like technically at the at like full capacity. Like we could we could use additional help, and so you know bringing in somebody who is coming from a, a very specific uh, point of view that is not necessarily equipped with, um, I, I guess the. The sort of training that you would get if you were a if you were an actual like licensed uh, school counselor, um, I, I think that raises a lot of questions about like how will this actually address the need that you say you're trying to address? Yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a Trojan horse in my opinion that there there really is an agenda that's a bit different than what's being said on top. Now I, I haven't covered this and I haven't talked to any of the sponsors, so I, I may be stereotyping where I shouldn't be, and I openly admit that. But that's what it feels like to me, a Trojan horse. Let's get religious leaders of our kind into the school system, and then we can pry open the door even further. And that, to me, is extremely dangerous. You know, Nick, I am perfectly, and not only do I think it's a good idea, no, no, I accept it, I think it's a great idea if we have a variety of religious education in schools. I think kids in schools ought to learn from rabbis and priests and, and, and Hindu leaders and Buddhists and so on. I, I think that would be a great way for students to learn if they were brought, different people from different religions were brought in and each taught a class for a while, because I think that's one of our problems in society is we don't know enough about other religions. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, to me, that would be a perfectly, not only, good, not only an acceptable idea, but a great idea. But that's not what we're talking about here. No, no, we're not. Uh, and I mean, I, I think that there is a the, given given the way that the that the law is structured, and that or the bill is structured, in that it is sort of like um, ad hoc. You know, like if somebody wants to get the the background check, and somebody will hire them, they can go forward. And so it's not like there, there's no there's nothing within the bill saying that you know the like the, the the rights of uh, students to have a, a broad array of uh, perspectives needs to be uh, taken care of. That that's not in there. It's just to simply um, districts may uh, hire or allow volunteers. You know, and who those um, employees or volunteers may be is it, it, not something the state can certify. Um, they simply need to pass a background check. Yeah, I mean, uh, theoretically, I, I preach on Sundays, uh, and I have passed background checks, so I'm okay. I mm -hmm. could I could easily be, and i got to tell you, I don't, there's no reason for me to be in there counseling people, you know? I mean, but I, but I could, with the minimum requirements they have, 
I, would, I, conceivably, I could be one of them, and I shouldn't be, and who knows who else is going to be there. Nick, I wanted to just get this on the table. Uh, maybe this will not grow to where I think it's going to grow to. As you point out, it's not yet gone to committee. That's a pretty big deal. It won't, mm-hmm. it won't, it won't be real until it gets a committee assignment and, and begins to have hearings and so on. But I do think it's important that we get it out there now that this is something that several Republican lawmakers are proposing in Ohio. Um, and this is a personal opinion, so I don't expect you to necessarily agree or disagree. Honestly, the way the legislature is going in Ohio, anything like this scares mm-hmm. the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think you've got a pretty solid point there. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if this gets at least a couple of hearings. You know, I think that the pushback will be fierce, but... Um, it is certainly the, 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 a sort of bill that if you hopped in a time machine, went back like 10, 20 years, it, it would be pretty much unimaginable. Absolutely. Think, it right? would be it would be discarded out of hand. Yeah. But, I mean, now we're in a, in a place in, in the current legislature where it's kind of up in the air. Like, will it get a hearing? Will it get a serious hearing? I mean, it might, you know, and it certainly it passed in Texas. You know, and um, one thing to note about the, the two bills that's, that's interesting is in Texas, the districts have to have a vote whether or not they'll allow chaplains or not. That's not included in the Ohio bill. So oh. while Texas is still like wrangling with this uh, on an ongoing basis, the Ohio bill is, is much more like um, uh, permission, uh, permission based. I'm sorry. um uh, voluntary. Yeah, no, no. no. See, I, I at least like the idea. If uh, if nothing else, put it before the voters of the school district. Uh, that yeah. that at least would give it a, uh, a a chance to be better aired and to have a better sense mm-hmm. of where people feel about this. Nick, yeah. appreciate your uh, time. I assume you'll follow this as all the stories you're following in the Ohio Capital Journal. I always tell people when I have guests from OCG on the OCJ on that. It is my go-to source for in-depth news about the State House in Ohio. It's a great way to get a real good feel for what's going on in there. And sometimes uh, the general media, ourself included, kind of hit the headlines or skirt things over. And you guys go in-depth on a lot of stuff. And if you really want to know what's going on, I highly recommend OhioCapitalJournal.com. Uh, I, I don't just say that because you're here. I just say it because I actually, I actually believe it. So. Well, uh, that, that's very kind. I really appreciate it. All right. Perhaps we'll be talking again. I'll keep an eye on this story and whatever else you find that uh, is interesting, we'll be talking about it. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. You have a good one. All right. You too. Nick Evans is with the Ohio Capital Journal. Uh, saw his story over the weekend. It's kind of an early stage. There are Ohio lawmakers proposing this idea. It's got a form and a shape, but it will probably take a better form and shape if it goes to committee, if it gets a little more strength, but it's good to get this stuff out there ahead of time. I'm all for teaching. Bob, you probably, did you have, um, what do we call it when I was in school? I'm sure you did too. One day a week, we would go to our local churches. They would let us away out, out of Kruger Street School. They would We would go across the street to St. Mark's Church or someone go down to St. Vincent's. Um, but you didn't have it at school, but you could, you went to the church. I forget the name of that. We had that. Did you do that when you were a kid, when you were in school? I didn't, Howard, and I think it was intentionally. I think they divided that. You know, you, the school was different unless you went to a private uh, uh, Willie Central. You yeah. know, you didn't mix that. No, you went in there and you learn, and uh, religion was, at least where I went to school, that was yeah. your thing to do on on your own time. And, that's the, and honestly, that is the way it should be. Um, I mean, we... 
we, religion, and again, I speak as one who is deeply involved in my church and in so on, we relied for far too long on the coercive power of the government to make people pay attention to religion, to say the Lord's Prayer in school or to even, you know, sometimes have not services but have religious activities in schools. Uh, and it was always Christian, almost always Christian. Um, occasionally, because we did have a, a group of, of Jewish folks at our school, we'd have some, some, the rabbi might be there, Jews might be there. You very seldom would see a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Satanist, you know. We had um, a couple of Jehovah Witnesses, however. Yeah, but, I mean, we didn't, uh, um, and that's the problem. It's, it's, it sounds great. It sounds great until you say, well, yeah, but what about all of these other things? And we've seen it here in West Virginia. The Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster now has a monument, I think, down at the state capitol because once the one religion down there, the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster said, we're going to, the Pastafarians, they said, we're going to put something up too. And the court said, yeah, you got to. It's got to be equal equal opportunity. 9.37.23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Talking in St. Clairsville about and maybe in Wheeling about designated drinking areas outside. Uh, Huntington has begun offering these designated outdoor drinking areas. wonder how it's going to work. I'll tell you what I know coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first, Taylor Long is here with Ohio Valley Headlines. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 5th. Impacted families are still trying to recover sentimental items, furniture, vehicles, and pieces of their homes a week after historic flooding tore through communities across Kanawha County. Water and mud covered people's yards as well as the inside of their homes. Families are now finding mold and mildew growing inside their homes as a result of both the heat and the water. While some of them have their fans on blast, it's not enough to stop this issue, which is leaving many families concerned for their health. Residents dealing with mold and flood damage say they don't know what's next. And starting this week, parts of the New River Gorge National Park will be closed as park officials make improvements. The Kmore Miners Trail has an 821-step staircase, which hasn't been repaired since being built in 1994. So that portion will be closed for repairs. That work starts today and should be finished at the end of the month. The goal is to get these popular autumn sites ready for peak season. And some traffic updates for you this morning. Starting today, a portion of Stone Church Road here in Wheeling will be restricted to one lane starting at 8 a.m. through 3.30 p.m. for a gas line repair. If you're driving through the area, remember to slow down and expect delays. And if you park your car along this road, you'll need to move it while workers are paving the area. Traffic will also be maintained by flaggers. And another traffic update for you this morning, beginning today out of Brook County. County routes will be restricted to one lane starting at 7.30 a.m. through 5 p.m. These lane restrictions will be in place this Friday. Commuters in the area should slow down and expect some delays. Again, traffic at each area will be maintained by flaggers. For more information, you can always head on over to our website at WTRF.com. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday, everyone. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, 
the Highlands. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. With Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. It's 9.40, 20 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We're looking at a hot day today, a high around 90, low 70s pretty much across the board everywhere uh, right now. We talked a few weeks ago about um, Sinclairsville is considering a, de- a designated outdoor drinking area. I think the, uh, what's the name of the business? The, it's not the Market Street Cafe. One of the cafes in there uh, is asking council to consider creating an area to be an outdoor drinking area. We talked with Wheeling Vice Mayor Chad Thalman briefly about that a couple weeks ago, and he said, well, it's something that they have talked about and don't know if they're going to do in Wheeling or not. But the idea would be that in a certain designated area, you could walk outdoors uh, with a drink. Two downtown Huntington bars have now begun their own designated drinking area. The State Alcoholic Beverage Control Administration approved Huntington as the first city in West Virginia to have a private outdoor designated area. They called it PODA, P-O-D-A, in part of the downtown area. I'm not familiar that much with Huntington. The Summit Beer Station, that's one bar, and St. Mark's Bar are the only two licensed bars that can serve to-go drinks, and only on Thursdays and Fridays in the evening uh, and on Saturday afternoons. The uh, drinks have to be in designated cups. They, they have these POTA cups. You can't just wander around with a beer bottle in your hand. Uh, you cannot take the drink home. You can only drink it in this designated area. Uh, and um, you can't bring your own beer from home or something. You've got to have it from one of the bars that is in one of these cups. But the idea is that you can go out and, and, and wander around. Uh, the spokesperson for the city of Huntington, Evan, Brian Chambers, told Metro News, It gives more opportunities and generates tourism for the already thriving entertainment district downtown. We view POTA as yet another tool to draw people downtown to get them window shopping, to get them into all of our small businesses downtown and spend money. I I don't have any idea how much businesses there are downtown Huntington. I just haven't been there forever. Um, The POTA permit process requires the cities to take the initiative and pass an ordinance themselves. So if Wheeling, for example, were to do it, would have to be an ordinance passed by council, uh, and then the ABCA would have to approve this designated drinking area, and then there would be some guidelines and so on. I have no idea if this is of serious concern in the city of Wheeling or not. When I talked to the vice mayor about it, he said he thought that Mayor Elliott and some others were giving it some thought, but I haven't heard any talk about whether it's being there, being done there or not. Bob, based on what I told you about the Huntington, does it does that make any sense to you? You know, you have to have it in certain cups. You can only be in a certain area. You can't bring any beer from home. Does that does that enhance or hurt? You know, downtown traffic. Well, I think a little town like St. Clairsville, you and I talked about it. I it's, it's not something I vision, but I don't spend any time over there. I I don't know. I I think the same little place like maybe Elm Grove. Uh, if you remember back, uh, the rendezvous or J Bo's, I think if yeah. you be designated, that was a, a younger uh, person's uh, hangout. I think it might work something like that—a deck or you know a, an area, a parking, parking lot, lot yes. or something like that. If you had the space for it, yeah. Um, I I could envision it in Wheeling, in maybe Center Market, in some way, manner, shape, or form. Um, I don't know with the things that we're talking about, you know, some of the changes at Wheeling Heritage Port, would that be a possibility? What nobody has talked about, and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer on this, is 
does it create a problem with excessive drinking? You know, okay, you can go in, you have to follow the policy in Huntington at least. You got to have it in a certain cup, you got to buy from a certain bar. But do you go back and flip forth, you know, 15 times and wander the street? And then you get all plowed up. I mean, let's be honest about it. That happens with the Italian festival from time to time. It's a great idea, the Italian festival. Everybody has a few beers. It's good. And a lot of people have way too many beers. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I guess this will give us, give us a chance to see how it works out in Huntington because uh, it is the first in the state to have a POTA, a POTA, personal, a private outdoor designated area permit for uh, outdoor drinking. If you have any thoughts on this, you can text me, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, or you can call at 304-232-8255. Good idea, bad idea, uh, what do you think? I'm just thinking out loud here. And if, if, if something like this were to happen and then recreational marijuana would occur, you could you could take, take a token, a drink, and wander through the, through the downtown area. That's just something to think about. 9.45, quarter till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands, WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care, right place, right time. Hey there, Dave Weekly here. Metro News Hotline presents what's trending in sports, music, movies, tech, television, and more from a Mountain State point of view. Renowned local and national guests pepper the daily lineup with authoritative insights and commentary on a wide variety of topics from West Virginia high school sports to the financial markets. Join the fun. Every day, Coop and I dip into irreverent discussions with calls, texts, tweets, the question of the day, and the always popular in or out. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Teachers' desks are clean, chalk is fresh, and the blackboard is ready. It's back to school time. And we're ready with you on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Team to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We will um, check in with Bob Westfall from the Big Seven coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, last time I'll talk to Bob for a couple of weeks, actually. Tomorrow's our Wednesday edition, so we don't talk to him then, and then I'll be gone for... For a few, uh, well, for nine days, uh, nine days, uh, but seven, I don't know how many radio days, but I'll be gone for Thursday, Friday, and then all of next week as we travel along on Route 66. A couple of just uh, um, collected political notes that I have uh, from before. ProPublica, which is a um, an online journalism service, they are um, nonprofit journalism, they're funded by grants and so on. They had an article recently, and I didn't read the whole article. There was only one line in there that I came across that I found interesting, Bob. Uh, it was having to do with Governor Justice and his the money he owes and so on. And the article said, and I quote, There is a push by local regulators to throw the governor's son in jail over thousands of dollars in unpaid penalties. Now, I never heard any talk about 
anybody, the governor or anybody else, going to jail. I, we've heard him garnish the governor's wages. We've heard them suing him for payment. But I never heard of any talk of, of anybody going to jail. But this uh, ProPublic article says that local regulators are pushing to throw the governor's son in jail. Yeah, it doesn't sound right at all. It sounds it like these problems came, you know, through the governor or maybe even before that. Yeah, uh, I just can't see. It just seems like it's way too... It doesn't seem like it's a jail issue right now. It seems like it's a it's a it's a money issue. You know, make them pay, take the money out of their bank account. What? Then again, what's money is in the bank account? We don't know. Governor didn't file his Senate uh, finance forms yet. At least as far as I know, he hasn't. Didn't as of last week. So we really don't know how much money um, the governor the governor adds has. Uh, the um, Senate Democrat campaign arm has started a billboard campaign targeting Jim Justice over the business about his work schedule. There is a, a, a lawsuit filed to try and get Governor Justice to release his calendar, if you will, his work schedule. The argument has been for a long time that he doesn't come into work very often. He's often at the Greenbrier or over in Lewisburg at his home. It uh, doesn't really work out. In fact, years ago, there was a suit filed by Isaac Spinagle, the delegate at the time, uh, to force the governor to live in the governor's mansion. And he won that suit, but I don't think the governor does. She still doesn't live in the governor's mansion, as far as I know. So the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee is putting billboards, and you know where they're putting them, right next to the Greenbrier, um, uh, asking, what is Jim Justice hiding? The Greenbrier County billboard uh, right by the Greenbrier itself, um, and their schedule remain in place for the next month. Uh, Jim Justice will not be able to hide the looming questions being raised about his absence on the job, his shady finances, mountains of additional scandals, and blistering attacks on his GOP opponent. I got to tell you, first place, I don't think Mooney has done much blistering attack. I mean, Mooney mouths off, but I don't think he has really struck much of a blow against uh, Justice at all. Um, his finances are one thing, and I don't think the general public here in West Virginia cares one whit about the uh, uh, his work schedule. This has been going on since the day he took office. He doesn't come to work. He doesn't show up at the office. His argument is, wherever I am, I'm working, so I, I don't I don't have to be at the governor's office. I think the people of West Virginia have kind of said, you know, that's just that's a. That's a non-deal deal, if you will. So uh, I, I don't think it's going to – Senate Democrats have just got to figure a better way to do it. The finance thing, I've said before, I think every time another financial story comes out, more fines that his company owes, more back taxes his company owes, uh, more suits against his company over those kind of things that come up, I think you're going to find more and more people are going to start taking attention, pay attention to that. And I think at some point Mooney will, will, uh, will jump into that. You know, there's a point that you made months ago, Bob, which I think is true. What, if Mooney wants to make inroads in this, he needs to be talking about the people that are hurt by Justice's uh, lack of payment. Not, not just the fact that he's not paying his bills, uh, not the fact that, you know, he's, the governments are owed money or that other companies are owed money, but rather that there are people who are not being paid. There are people who are losing their benefits and so on. Hit, you start talking about the people, and I think that will resonate much more than, and you were the one, the first one to bring this up, I, I think that will resonate a whole lot more than just saying that uh, he owes the state of Kentucky money. 
he certainly hasn't played that card yet. In fact, I, I don't know of any cards he's playing. It seems to me like he's just sitting back. And uh, I think that was pretty good strategy. When, 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 when every day you were hearing about more Jim Justice problems, I think that was a great strategy. But it seems like the waters have uh, settled down a little bit, and Mooney is still silent. Yeah, let, it was a good strategy. I think you're right. Let, let the media do the work. Let the media put a new story up every day about he owes money here, he owes money there. Uh, but, again, this, uh, this article I was just reading says that uh, the Senate Democratic Committee uh, is uh, uh, talking about the blistering attacks by his GOP opponent. I don't think Mooney has made many blistering attacks. or, I mean, he kind of jabs the governor, but I don't think he's really attacked the governor at all. And I'm not saying that in a good way. I'm, I don't understand why Mooney is laying back and maybe he feels that he needs to throw it all at him at the once or at the end or maybe he's got you know i don't know maybe he's got some secret hidden in his back pocket he's gonna throw out at uh, at the right time we are still pretty far away from even filing let alone from the actual election but uh, the senate democrats say that part of the concern is the blistering attacks by his gop opponent i really don't see that i just um and i think that the idea of letting the media do the work of letting the story about finances creep out is to, was a good point. But, again, I think the public has kind of said, yeah, he doesn't pay his bills. Okay, doesn't pay his bills, doesn't come to work, but by golly, he's good a good dog. We like that dog, you know? I don't know. I assume that's Bob Westfall. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Howard. How are you? How was your holiday? My ho- I was, it was relatively quiet. Uh, you know, didn't do a whole lot. Um didn't even do any grilling. Didn't even have any hot dogs over the weekend. I was, you know, expected to have a lot of hot dogs. Just didn't do that. Just kind of quiet. Too hot to be outdoors, you know. Well, yeah, and it's uh, going to be that way for a couple more days. It looks like. Uh, I think so. How was your uh, weekend? How was your holiday? Mine was, uh, mine was fantastic. A uh, little bit of everything. Did grill, do a little grilling, things like that. So it was a good weekend. Yeah, that's good. Got a, got a big project done. I've been working on for a while, so. We'll call it a win. That's it. That's it. That's good. Now, now it's uh, now it's back to back to work full bore. What are you working on today over the Big Seven WTRF TV? Uh, and of course, we were talking about the weather. Uh, we're looking at the high 80s. Uh, some areas uh, may sneak into the 90s next couple of days. Thursday looks like there may be some rain, uh, thunder showers, things like that. Maybe cooling down all the way down to 80 degrees. So. Uh, anyway, so uh, Adam, Zach, and Tyler will be following that uh, for the next few days. Uh, so we'll have an update on that. So if you don't have the weather app, you probably should have it. Uh, some of the things we're working on today, uh, let's see, uh, the Frank Yopa pre-trial is underway. Uh, he is a, a local man, I believe, from Yorkville, made some threats against uh, officials in Belmont County. Uh, so he is uh, in uh in court this morning we'll find out what is next for him dk is there as we speak so we've got that uh also in belmont county students paint a mural at the uh, bridgeport high school so we're excited about checking that out uh just talked to superintendent ripley on friday to set it up he is uh thrilled with what these kids have done in that in the gymnasium so uh, he cannot wait to show it off for us. So we're going to talk to the kids, superintendent, probably the uh, principal too of the school. So uh, you know, another another nice story about local kids doing something good in the area. Uh, I know you always hear about you know some of the troublemakers and stuff like that. It's nice to uh, put some of the kids out there that are doing some of the good things right now. Absolutely. Uh, uh, speaking of good, uh, the movie house in uh, New Martinsville is holding a fundraiser this evening. Um, 
And what they're doing is they're showing a movie uh, called Dark, uh, ironically, Dark Waters uh, tonight. And what they're doing is they're going to donate all the proceeds to get clean drinking water for the city of Payne the City. Oh, that's cool. Um, That's cool. I like that. Uh, We're going to talk to the uh, theater operators today, do a little bit preview in our 5 o'clock, and then that theater, the movie, I believe, is at 7 o'clock. So uh, if you don't have anything to do, head on down to Martin's Fair, uh, New Martinsville, and uh, you might be able to help uh, Payton City out. So that's kind of cool. So as far as we know, their water supply is still not usable. Is that right? Still. Uh, and still, uh, and I'll be honest, we're not, we're, we're, we're banging some th- uh, pans and things like that, but uh, we're not getting answers from either the DHHR or the EPA. Uh, so we'll continue. We're gonna, we're gonna still knock on some doors. It's, uh, it seems uh, interesting uh, that they got this new water system. Uh, we were there when Senator Capito was there touring it. And now there seems to be a big issue. Um, so we're going to, again, reach out to the senator's office and see what we can find out. So absolutely, this is an ongoing issue with the city of Payton City. Um, we were told initially it was a valve that caused damage. Right. Uh, they had to flush out the system. Well, here we are two weeks later, and it's still under a do-not-consume order. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so there's something uh, something there. We're going to continue to chase that one. The last I saw, which would have been Thursday or Friday of last week, so I could be behind on this, they were still waiting for final results to come in. They had done a water test but still didn't have the final results. Have they gotten more recent results? I, I just I'm, I keep losing my timeline on this. Yeah, those are, that's, those are the questions we're asking, and we're not getting a, a, a whole lot of answers on that one. So uh, we'll continue that one. Um, as a matter of fact, as we head down to the New Martin's story, we'll probably stop paying the city to see what's cooking. All right, good. Sounds good. We'll check all of this out at noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the uh, region-wide show, and always at the award-winning website, WTRF.com. And, uh, as you mentioned, carry Storm Tracker 7 in your pocket and the news app in your pocket on your iPhone or your smartphone uh, or your tablet, and that way you're always in sto- informed of, uh, of what's going on. Bob, uh, geez, I won't talk to you for a couple of weeks, I guess, because we're off. You, you and I are off on uh, Wednesday. I'll be here tomorrow, but then I'm gone. I for, have your, I have your cell number. I can call you. Call me. You know, we, it, it, you know, at nine forty in the morning, nine fifty in the morning. If you want to call and just talk, just give me a call. We'll, okay. <laughs> we'll talk. But I'll be gone away from the airwaves for a couple of weeks. But uh, we'll get back together again in a couple of weeks. I'll let you know exactly when I'm back. Good talking today. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Coming up next, statewide talk line, Dave Wilson. Last day filling in, this is what he says, last day filling in for Hoppy. Hoppy back tomorrow. A busy day on statewide talk line at 10.06. Shelley Moore Capito kicked things off at 10.06. Rex Repass from the uh, West Virginia Poll will talk about some of the latest data that they've got and more additions to the West Virginia Poll. Steve Williams, who now says he is running for uh, the governor's race in West Virginia as a Democrat. Uh, that's coming up. And Brad McElhinney will be in. That's all coming up. Dave Wilson, uh, as far as we know, his final edition filling in for Hoppy. Hoppy back on uh, Wednesday, no, Thursday. And I'll be back uh, tomorrow uh, for one last day. KKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville. ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Court appearances today related to the January 6th insurrection.